You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Uh, Brian, it's been an ongoing saga with Masahiro Tanaka. It seems like the most recent thing we've heard is good news. Is this cautionary good news or is this is there still maybe some thought that this guy sees a major league game before the year is out it's good news in that it's not bad news uh it's probably the best way i can put it um he's got some arm fatigue that's what the yankees are calling it right now and um you know basically what, what you do with that it's a little bit of a dead arm you you, you ease off the accelerator and um but he's going to throw a bullpen this week they think he's going to be back on track with that and uh so there's still a sliver of hope that he can get in a big league game by the end of the year. I, I would say if I had to bet right now, I'd bet against it. But uh, it's still a poss- possibility. And if the Yankees are playing meaningful games late in September, uh, Tanaka could be able to play a part. It seems like there's a there's a really significant complication here in that, you know, obviously nobody wants surgery here. But there comes a point, it seems to me, where you kind of have to decide about surgery because you're no longer talking about just 2015, but at some point you may be talking about uh, what it might mean for 2016 as well. How do they kind of walk that line between um, doing all they can to get him healthy, get him in a game, but also facing that possibility that if surgery happens, the timing does matter at this point? Yeah, well, I think the Yankees have never pretended that surgery was not an option. Um, I think they've been very cognizant of that since July 8 when he walked off the mound. Um, the way the organization looks at it is they send his results, they send him to four different doctors, four of the best in the world at what they do, and they all sit across the board, rehab. Uh, don't have the surgery right now, try rehab first. So when you have four noted doctors saying that, if you don't listen to it, I think it's pretty irresponsible. So, yes, it's still a very real possibility that he could have to have the surgery. I think that history shows that more often than not, guys don't avoid the surgery forever. Um, but if he can get back on the mound without having it, um, the Yankees owe it to themselves to try that. Uh, how, how will they walk that line in the short term between caution with a tremendous player and a, and a major asset and the desire to see the postseason this year? I think it's more than just him. Um, you know, he's not going to come back in and be the white knight that carries him in the postseason. I think he can definitely help. But um, you're looking at a guy who, in theory, would start once every five days, and who knows how many pitches he could even throw on those days. Um, I think that they really need to hit if they're going to get to October. Um, the pitching actually has not been the problem. You know, I feel like we've been talking about it for, for weeks now. Uh, pitching has been quite good, and I would not have thought that to be the case if you told me they were going to lose four-fifths of their rotation from opening day on. Um, they need to hit. If Tanaka can help, uh, that's terrific for them. But uh, I think that it's going to be bigger than just Tanaka coming back to save the season. You led me into the next one. I was looking at the lines. Michael Pineda has walked one batter in four games. I mean, that, He's obviously an asset right now, but what's the level of excitement about him and what he might be in the future, if, if he, this is what he is in his first year back and as he's dealt with all the physical issues? Yeah, he's been fantastic, and the Yankees have waited a long time for this. Uh, you got a little tease of it in April, and he was quite good in April before the Pine Tar incident, and then he fell off the radar a bit and vanished for a while, and now he's back. He's kind of picked up where he was in April, and I think uh, 
the Yankees are finally seeing some returns on that trade. Um, you know, you look at that trade from Jesus Montero to Seattle, and it hasn't really worked out for either team swimmingly to date. And uh, if you had to gauge it right now, the Yankees have won that trade, I think. So um, he is a top-flight rotation guy when healthy. The problem has been keeping him healthy, and if he can – remain in that rotation and keep taking the ball every five days, I think this is the real deal. I think I don't think your eyes are playing tricks on you. I think this is what Michael Pineda is when he's healthy. And going along with that, we talked a couple of weeks ago, and I asked if maybe uh, the strain was finally showing and if maybe there was reason to worry about uh, Hiroki Kuroda. And basically since the day I asked that question, uh, he's looked like the guy we're all used to seeing being really good. Um, what, what do you think the, the story is there? Was that really just a lull and that happens because baseball is hard? Or, or what, what's the kind of difference now that he's back to, to what I think people expect to seeing from him? Well, baseball is hard, but uh, I think he's made adjustments. He, he knows that he can't approach things the way he did last year because you saw what happened in August and September. Uh, so he's backed off a lot between starts. He's kind of saving his bullets and limiting his throwing between uh, starts this most recent time he skipped his bullpen completely and then went out and pitched a really great game against the Red Sox so uh, I think that he's realizing that fatigue plus age equals you need to make some changes or you're going to go out there and and have a second half like last year so uh, the Yankees have worked with him on that Larry Rothschild the pitching coach has been very receptive to that I mean uh, if he has only a certain number of bullets they would obviously prefer he waste those on the mound than in the bullpen. At, at the back end of the pitching staff, um, the numbers continue to be absurd for Dylan Batances, and, and actually, in some ways, they're getting better. The, the strikeouts per, per batter, at least, are, are even up here the last couple of weeks. Um, and again, I, I don't want to be talking too much about 2015 when, when the Yankees are very much in contention in 2014, but I can't help wondering what that decision is going to look like this winter when they've got to figure something out with Robertson and they've got this guy um, who potentially could close, but also potentially could be an enormous asset pitching 90 to 100 innings next year. It's, it's probably too soon, but I, it's hard not to ask how they weigh the back end of their bullpen after this year. It's a great safety net to have, depending on what happens with Robertson. Uh, you know, I, people have compared Batanzas' 2014 to Mariano Rivera's 1996, and obviously uh, the outcome of the season might be different this year, but... Uh, he has been just as good in that role as Rivera was setting up for Wetland. I think that uh, obviously you know what happened with Wetland there. He, he won a World Series and went off and chased the money and uh, got a big deal in Texas, and Mariano was ready to step in. Now, is it exactly that case here? I can't tell you that. I think that uh, the jump from the seventh and eighth inning to the ninth inning is significant. I don't think that uh, there's uh, any easy way to say it's going to happen, but I think that Patances has shown you he could be capable of being the Yankees' closer next year if, if push came to shove and Robertson did go somewhere else. Uh, I, I think it's amazing that if you look at the numbers, uh, Patances is probably going to wind up in the, leading this team in strikeouts this year, and that's just fantastic for a guy who came in to the spring and was fighting for a roster spot, and uh, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Um, he's, he's jumped on the scene in a big way. He's an all-star, and uh, you know he's got a bright future ahead of him. Is there any thought that there is real value in keeping him in that role just because of the value of a, of a reliever who can go that many innings? Or, or am I the only lunatic who's obsessed with relievers who can get you 80, 90, 100 innings? No, I think it's huge. And, you know, Girardi has been very comfortable asking Batances for more than three outs. And 
Uh, Betances has responded to that challenge very well. So I think that, uh, look, those, those, you got to get 27 of them. And if, uh, if you've got one of your best pitchers, a dominant strikeout guy who can come in and get you four or five of them, uh, that's key late in game. So I think there's a lot of value to having Betances in a setup role and bringing back Robertson next year. Um, obviously, the Yankees have not negotiated with Robertson. Uh, he's intent on testing free agency at this point. But uh, I wouldn't rule out the fact that David Robertson could be back next year. He, look, I mean, the fact that Mariano Rivera retired and nobody's really brought his name up too often, uh, I think that's significant in and of itself. And I don't think that you can just pick somebody up and, and – slot them in there and that would be the case so i think that uh if i were the yankees i would seriously entertain the idea of keeping potances and robertson where they are because that's one of the big formulas that's helped them get to where they are so far this year as the weekend approaches uh on on sunday um there's going to be a lot of of really happy feelings about Derek jeter um and we'll get to those in, in just a sec but we asked this once it seems to have come again here come up again here lately They've shown some willingness to do some other things besides shortstop with him. But is it as clear as it seems from the outside that this guy is going to bat one or two come hell or high water? Yeah, I mean, Joe Girardi pretty much made that clear this week, uh, saying that you know they're going to stick with him too. Uh, Girardi's explanation was that these are playoff games, and Derek Jeter has always been good in playoff games, so he should bat second. Well, uh, the numbers in August did not reflect that. Um, I guess August games are not playoff games. But, uh, you know, look, I mean, I, I think that nobody in the Yankee family wants to see Derek Jeter fail. Uh, nobody wants to see Willie Mays falling down in center field. Um, and, and he's not at that point. He's not. Um, you've seen a lot of ground balls, a lot of double plays. There's not a lot of extra base power. Um, but there is that profess, uh, professionalism and that, that belief that he can get it done. And, you know, he, he is not the only guy, and that's the case that Girardi has made. You look up and down the lineup, there's a lot of guys hitting 230, 240, you know. Um, so I think that when Girardi says it's not fair to single out Derek Jeter, that, there is some truth to that, I think, that uh, there are other guys here that you can point the finger at. You can point the finger at Brian McCann. You can point the finger at Mark Teixeira, at Carlos Beltran, and say, well, you know, if these guys were hitting two or three run homers, I know, I know McCann had a big day last night, but – uh, if these guys would hit a bunch of three-run homers, it would cover up a lot of the uh, the Derek Jeter stuff. But Jeter's always going to be a focal point because of who he is. And, uh, you know, look, there's only a, a handful of games left here. So I think that uh, if, if you're clamoring to see Derek Jeter hit seventh or eighth, uh, maybe take a step back and appreciate what you got because uh, next year you're not going to see it anymore. Yeah, and, and, and let's end this on a happy note. What are you expecting um, as far as the atmosphere and everything on, for, for Sunday's uh, events? I think it's going to be great. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. It seems like the Yankees have had a lot of these this year with Tino, um, Tino and Paul O'Neill and, and Joe Torre and Goose Gossage all going into Monument Park. So it's, it's on that aspect of it, it's been a celebratory year. And the Yankees do a great job of celebrating their history, celebrating their present. So I would, I would imagine they will have a red carpet day for Derek Jeter and then Really, it's, it's almost like a pregame show for September 25, which is the last Yankee regular season home game, and I think that's going to be something fantastic as well. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian Hope, thanks for uh, chatting here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch all of the second-half action on MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service. Watch every out-of-market game streamed live online or on the go in true HD. 
MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 14 subscription, allowing you to watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.